I wanted to do the unexpected today, okay? I wanted, I wanted to shake your thinking when it comes to what should and shouldn't happen, especially when it comes to things like this. Because it's like, hey, you're talking about Mary today. And some of you are like, we don't talk about Mary. That would be a good song title. I think that could really catch on. We don't, we don't talk about Mary unless it's, unless it's like uh, Christmas time. But we're breaking the stigma of that. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 29. And we're going to go through a number of these verses today. And uh, it's, it's an incredible journey. The birth of Jesus Christ. But it's also an incredible story about a mom. It's a story about a mom. And and you say, well, we don't overemphasize Mary. Well, of course, it's all about Jesus Christ. And we should make it all about Jesus Christ. But at the same time, Jesus, God works through people. God works through people. I also know that we can hyper-spiritualize some people in the Bible. And a lot of times people hyper-spiritualize Mary. Let, Let me just put it out there. And I'm just saying this because it's the truth. Mary was a sinner that needed Jesus as much as the rest of us. Was she chosen? Was she favored? Absolutely. Was she used by God? Absolutely. Was she sinless? No, she wasn't. She, she needed Jesus. She needed the blood of Jesus Christ. She was just a person being used by God. And she had fear. She had insecurity. She had heartache. She had all these different things in her life. But she's not to be worshipped. She's not divine. But as a mother and as a person, I think a lot of us can identify with a lot of the things that she was going through. And I love to kind of emphasize that with you guys today. She was the mother of Jesus. She had Jesus this close to her, okay? Imagine all the moms that were up here. She had Jesus this close. She, she hugged him and kissed him and changed his diapers and held him and fed him and, and, and carried him and had him this close to her heart. But Mary still had problems. And I think the thing is, sometimes we think as long as we have Jesus, we don't have problems. Well, can I just describe some of her problems? And you're like, well, Pastor Tony, all those things worked out. You can read the rest of the story. Well, can I tell you guys, she couldn't just turn the page to Luke chapter 2 and go, oh, okay, it's all going to work out. Wouldn't that be greater in our lives if you're having challenges and you go like, turn the page and go, oh, honey, it's okay. Financially, we're going to be okay. It's like, you know, it's just life doesn't work that way. So... The angel comes to her to tell her that she would be the mother of Jesus. Verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind at what manner of salutations this should be. This was an unexpected visit. These two verses totally, totally changed her life. I mean, in a moment. Everything that she had planned out, everything that she was going to do, everything was planned out. And in that moment, everything changed. I think that helps us to understand because sometimes in our lives... We feel like we have everything figured out. And then all of a sudden, in a moment, okay, an angel pops in and says, hey, everything that you plan, your future, your wedding, where you're going to be, traveling, everything's about to change. Everything, her world was flipped upside down. It came out of nowhere. You're going to get news in your life that you're not expecting. Okay, let, let me show you this. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. He literally says, it's going to be okay. I think it's good for us to understand no matter what we're facing, it's going to be okay. Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And this is cool, like I said, because we know the rest of the story. But can I tell you some of the things that is just what she was dealing with? She is a woman in this story that is now a woman pregnant out of wedlock. She's a woman pregnant out of wedlock. You say, that's not a big deal. Well, let me tell you, in that culture, that was a really big deal. 
that you talk about a burden that was put on her. She didn't choose this. She was engaged to be married. Try being engaged and getting pregnant, but the guy you're engaged to is not the guy that got you pregnant. You think that brings on some relationship issues? And especially when you sit there and say, Mary, explain to me what's going on. And she said, God did it. And he's like, okay, you're, you're, you're pregnant and crazy, okay? And that's what's going on in this. She, she is now to be embarrassed. Everybody walking around with rumors that she's cheating, rumors that she's sleeping around, rumors that she's not the girl that everybody thought she was. And of course, she's like, it's God's baby. It's God's baby. And they're like, okay, like that happens every day. Didn't make sense. Trying to explain this to Joseph, trying to explain this to her parents. On top of that, she was poor. Read the passage. It says this lady, this lowest state, literally meaning that she was poor. You have challenges. So, well, I can do this. And then you're like, well, I have no money. Well, let me just tell you guys, I don't care how super spiritual you are in the world. It takes money to do things. Say, I love Jesus, but I have a car payment. I need money to pay that car payment. It's just part of life. It's a challenge that we have. She was young. She was inexperienced. She had this pressure on her. And she's like, I mean, a lot of people speculate like it's a different culture, okay, that she was 13, 14, 15 years old around that time. She's going to have relationship issues with her parents and Joseph. She had pressure. You say, I have a lot of pressure on me to be a good mom. Well, try being the mom of God, okay? No pressure there. You know, you talk about not wanting to drop the ball, and you're like, you're going to raise Jesus, and no pressure, but he's going to save the world from sin and eternal damnation from hell. And then, you know, he put something in his mouth like, no, you know, he's like, don't mess this up. I need you. You know, I got a job. I got a responsibility of this. But you talk about a burden placed on her. She goes to the temple and uh, the Bible tells in this same story that she went to see Simeon. Simeon was one of the men of God in the Bible. God told him prophecy. He goes up to her and says in that one passage in Luke chapter two, Simeon says this, how would you like to hear these words? And a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, saying this to Mary. Now, I know a lot of us didn't understand that at the time, or they didn't understand that at the time, but he was predicting the fact that you're going to watch your son scourge, beat to death, die on a cross, and buried in a tomb as a worthless person. They, they, tread, they treated him like a, a, a thief and a criminal. You talk emotionally, physically, mentally, preparing and going through this, it was a lot. You say, I can't, I, I can't relate to Mary. I think we all can. We can relate when you're discovered that you, you speculating that there's, that, that your, your spouse is being unfaithful and there's signs of that. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Or your child is going through some stuff, behavioral issues. And it's, they go to school and you get the reports that they're not fitting in and they're going through a lot of stuff right now and it's just, it's just heavy on you. You find out that your child's being bullied. You find out your child is the bully, Okay. And you say, well, all these things are just pressures that are put on us, unexpected things. It, it could be financial things that you're dealing with. They're just heaviness. Like she was this poor woman that was having to travel and not have the food and not have the resources and maybe not even have the support of family as she's going through this. All of these things were heavy on her. So I'm just saying this to you. Yes, we can relate to Mary in a lot of aspects, but there's two things that I want to teach you about Mary. Two things about her amazing God. Two aspects of this story that is pointed out, and two things that are very obvious in this story that maybe we overlook because we're asking the question, how in the world did Mary do it? Mary, how did you do it? 
Well, let me explain to you how you did it. And I I hope these two things, these two points, that's all it is. I I literally, Mother's Day, we're going to do this. You're going to grab a muffin, take a picture, and go home. And hopefully your family will spoil you, okay? Did you guys hear that? Spoil your moms today. Okay, go clean the house, make them dinner. They should not have to do anything. And I know some husbands are like, stop talking. (laughs) It's like, as you face whatever comes your way, know this. Our God is the God of the unexpected. How many of you guys are planners? Just be honest, all right, you're planners, okay? I right now on my phone have a text message that I'm about to send to my whole family. I've got a group text. Um, they're, they're about to get, I, I've already typed this out, babe. So it is our agenda for the next number of days because we're going on vacation. I'm going on vacation today, people. I'm going on vacation. You say, why is that a big deal? It's a huge deal. Because the last 11 months of our life have been crazy. And we didn't even know if we could plan a vacation. We had to wait till January to meet with the heart doctor and everybody else to just be like, can we go on vacation? They were like, thumbs up, dude. You take your family on vacation because of everything that we've been through. So I praise God the fact that we get to go on vacation. But we have an agenda, baby. We have an agenda. I have planned this out. I, and, and my kids are like, can't we just go and have fun? I said, with that type of an agenda, we're going to miss out on things. We paid for things, okay? And we're going to get all of it. We're going to the theme park. We're going to get the whole thing. I, I make a list of rides that I want to do, and we're going to hit those rides. So what the problem is, is sometimes when you have an agenda, and it rains on that day that you're supposed to be at that park, and you can't change the date because they make it where you have to pick the day of your park. Man, that, that really, it's upsetting, okay? Because I was planning on riding that coaster or being at that place. So when our plans don't go the way that our brains think that it should go, we short circuit. We get upset. I know how this is supposed to go. I know what we wanted to do. I know that we have this planned out. But think about this story with Jesus when he came to us. Let's put it like this. All right, let's say you don't know everything in the Bible when it comes to this. And I made a public announcement to you. Jesus the author of creation, the, the, the master of the universe, the king of kings is going to come into the world, okay? We need to plan this out. How do you think Jesus would come? You know what I'm saying? When you're saying that, how do you think Jesus would come? Now, here's, the, here's the, what we would do. This is how we think. Well, he's the king. We need to get ma- Mary on the highest prenatal vitamins that's known to man. We need her to get the best doctors. We need to plan out the best hospital. We need to make a public announcement. We need as much attention on this as possible. We, we want in all these different things that we would do. And then you, then you read in the Bible how, how it actually happened. And you're like, what? None of that is normal. None of that is how we would ever, 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 ever think that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would come into the earth. Let me explain it like this. Jesus came through Nazareth. You know what Latin, uh, Nazareth was in the Bible? It was the lowest of all the cities. It was poor. It was outcast. It was, it's, they even say nothing good has ever come out of Nazareth. And he chose that city to come through. Jesus was born of common people. His dad was a carpenter or his stepdad was a carpenter. Jesus had a stepdad. You, you think about all these things. He was not the father, the the father of Jesus, he was born of a poor woman. She, he was not of royalty, not of authority. The, the way that Jesus came, he was born in a stable, not a palace, not a home, not a hotel, not any of the ways that you would think. He was, his first bed was a manger. It was a feeding trough. His first clothes were rags. I mean, you think about it. He's born among animals, not where you expect the son of I mean, his first, his first guests were shepherds. They were, they were the, the nobodies. They even came in and like, how did you even hear about this? Well, 
the sky lit up and there was a bunch of angels and they started proclaiming that Jesus was born. And they're like, what? Do you realize that every form of this story is us scratching their heads going, what? But I think we've gotten so used to songs of away in a manger, we're just like, oh, how cute. Well, Mary's not sitting there going, I'm putting the son of God in a manger. You know, I'm, I'm wrapping him up in rags. There's no room for us. Joseph feels like a failure. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of the Son of God and I can't even find a place other than a bale of hay. Frustrating. Everything, bit of it. How did they get their money when they were first going? Wise men walk for two years to get to the for two-year-old Jesus and walk in and give gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they were like, wow, honey, we weren't expecting that. The whole story of Jesus coming to earth was the unexpected. But let me explain why. Isaiah is the book of the Old Testament that explains how often or, 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 or God's ways are not our ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me put it like this. God was literally saying to this, your ways are not my ways. The way you think is not how I think. The way I work is not how you work, but that's hard for us because every time we get a situation, we have in our minds saying, I know what needs to happen. I've got it all worked out. I planned this out. I know what we're doing. I know the agenda. I have a calendar plan. Financially, I know how this is going to work out. But God was saying, I don't work in your way. God was saying, I use people that you would least expect. I, I, I provide in ways like gold, frankincense, and myrrh in ways that you would least expect. God works through resources. God works in time frame. That's why he showed up four days late for Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forward. And everybody was like, that's not how I thought it would happen. That was so unexpected. Let me build up this a little more. Can I ask you guys how Balaam in the Bible found out about God's instructions and God's warning? Balaam in the Bible. Yell it out to me. We're in church. I don't care if you yell. Tell me, how did Balaam in the Bible find out about God's instructions? A donkey! Not a donkey like scratching in the dirt, writing out signs. The donkey turned around and started speaking to him. It wasn't Freddie Mur- or Eddie Murphy. It wasn't Eddie Murphy. This wasn't Shrek thing going on here, okay? But a talking donkey turned around and started speaking to this guy and saying, I don't think, you know, he just starts giving this instructions. They, they got money to pay taxes out of the, the, the mouth of a fish, they were led through the wilderness because of a pillar of a fire. A fire came down and engulfed the, 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 the thing in Elijah, the, the whole altar that was consumed with water over and over again. How, how did God bring down the giant? An army was standing on the sidelines. Says, God says, yeah, keep the army at bay. Do we have any kids around? Oh, there's a boy with a rock. Bring that boy with a rock in here. Bring down that giant. Yeah, that's how I want to work. What about feeding 5,000 plus women and children? It's like, well, we need to go in the town and buy food. And God's like, well, do we have a child with a sack lunch? Do you, are you guys catching the drift here? Is everybody figuring out? It, it, it's, it's, what happened when Jonah was thrown overboard? God prepared a great ship, okay? It was, it was like the Royal Caribbean comes up and they were like, we've got space on our ship. No, God prepared a fish, swallowed up Jonah and brought him. Now, I I just need your help for a minute. Every chapter in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way through, God constantly, constantly did things that did not make sense to man. He never worked in our ways. 
Gideon, go, go bring down the, the, the army that was there. How do you want me to do it? Throw a pot on the ground, lift up a sword, and scream out with the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Okay. How are we going to bring down the walls of Jericho? You're going to walk around it. And here's where we are as Christians. Gather the kids around. We're, we're in Bible study, okay? We sit down with the kids and say, do you guys want to hear a really cool story? Let me tell you about David bringing down Goliath. Do you know what God did? God used a boy just like you. And God used a rock. You know how big a rock is and all this? And then we go straight to our bills at home. We're never going to work this out. I don't care how hard I work. It's never, ever, never going to happen. And God's like, what? Did they not read my book? I am the God of the unexpected. It's not that God works sometimes like this. God works all the time like this. Actually, I challenge you this. Go through your Bible when you get home and find a story that God did anything normal. I mean, literally, he brought in Jesus through a virgin. God, I mean, I'm just, I, I, guys, I could go all day with this. It's just how it is. We love to tell these stories, but it's a matter of God saying, do you understand why Jonah, Daniel, Elijah, Moses, Joshua, Deborah, Mary, all the time in the scriptures, God showed up doing the unexpected, which was, he said, your ways are higher than my ways. But God, God's ways are above whatever we can do. You know, you know why he said that? And then even when Mary was the, the, explaining that she was going to have the baby, he said, the, 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 the father of the most high will come upon you. The father of the highest. Everything was literally saying, I need finances. I need social security. I need retirement. I need another job. I need a raise. And God says, here I come. I'm higher. I need surgery. I need chemo. I need this. I need it. And God says, I'm higher. I'm above those things. It is not just what Jesus does. It's not just what God does. It's who he is. We're in this Christmas vibe right now, right? Okay? Saying we're doing the Christmas story. And there's no fireplace going. There's no Christmas tree. But you guys, I'm, I'm in the zone. So let's keep this up. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 gives us the story of Jesus coming. Can I, can I show you? When we're getting audience participation right here. Are you guys ready? When I get to the first name of Jesus... I want you guys to shout it out. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. 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 It didn't just say Jehovah. It doesn't just say the Christ. It doesn't say the promise. His name shall be called Wonderful. Have you ever wondered why Jesus is being introduced to the world as a name, wonderful. The word wonderful is a cool name. It means to be filled with wonder. That's not very deep. Okay, let me explain it deeper. The word wonder literally means to make your mind wonder or to stand in awe. I literally looked this up. The word wonder actually means to have things or experience things that are caused by, no joke, the unexpected. That is who Jesus is. Literally saying, well, how are we going to, God was up there. How am I going to send my son in the world? Well, his name is wonderful. So everything that happens, I want it to be filled with the unexpected. Almost like going to church on Mother's Day and singing away in the manger, okay? It's just, we weren't expecting that. You, you realize that everything in the Bible, when we describe God, is wrapped around this. We say that we serve an awesome God. Do you know what the word awesome means? It means to be awestruck, 
It means to be taken back. It literally means to be in wonder of these things. He loves to surprise us. He loves us to stand in awe. He loves to do work in mysterious ways. He loves to say that his ways are higher than our ways. Here's a love story, okay? Jesus Christ is going to come and save us. How did he do it? He became man, washed their feet, went to a cross, was stripped of his clothes, beat to death, and died on a cross. And that was the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know what he did? He totally did the unexpected. That's why the Jews to this day don't even accept them because there's no way that's how Jesus would come. But I'm here to tell you as Christians, that is how God works. He works in shock and awe. Why is that? Let me explain to you why it is. Because when God says, my ways are not your ways and my ways are higher than your ways and God works in these ways, man gets none of the credit. And the children of Israel came to the Red Sea and they built boats and they got across. It'd be like, look what we did. And God says, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I'll split it in half and do what's never been done before. I'll drop, I'll, I'll drop food out of heaven to feed you. I'll have water come from a rock. I'll, 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 you think about the whole Bible. That, that way, every single time it happens, we stand back in awe. Do you realize why God does the unexpected in your life? Why God always works in the unexpected? So we have no choice but to stand back and say, I didn't do that. That was all God. I, I'll tell you, I, I get hesitant using my story or our story in church because I feel like I've used it a lot, but here I go. Logan, last year, went through 58 days of being admitted in the hospital, not counting the days that we spent days at the hospital. That was, those were overnight. In order for his chemo to work, he was under 672 hours of IV fluids during his treatment. Logan got 72 bags of chemo. His immune system dropped. He had multiple ER visits, nosebleeds, heart issues, heart shocked, all leading up to a surgery. They literally had to cut him from down his check, chest, literally saw through his chest bone, open it up, staple him back together, put tubes inside of him, all this stuff to, to, to get him to this point. For us just to get to the point, all these major things and major steps to do that to get to the point where they said, sorry, it didn't work. Sorry, sorry, it didn't work. To walk into a doctor's office and then to pull out a pill the size of a Flintstone vitamin and say, well, we could try this. Not sure if it's even going to work, but we could try this. Here it is. He's now no chemo port. No admitting into the hospital. He, he's not sick. He, he, he's got some uh, thinning of the hair and things like that. But before he even lost his eyebrows and his eyelashes and things, he, he's, he's not weak. He, he's, he's not walking around sick. He's not being admitted in the hospital. He's not under IVs. He doesn't have chemo ports coming out of him. Then we walk into our first visit. And they sit there and say, well, this is unexpected. It shrunk 46%. Praise God. Last Monday, it shrunk another 32%. 32%. A total of 83%. 83%. And you say, what is your point, Pastor Tony? A pill this big. No, I, I know it was God. I praise God for the medicine and the advancements that we have. But I love when the doctors come back and say, Wow. We never thought it would happen this way. And I sat back and say, you know why? Because I serve the God that works through the unexpected. Here's the whole point of me saying this. How, how, 
how and why does God work this way? Because God wants us to be able to trust him when man has no answers and man doesn't know. And when I, by man, I mean God and you. So, so when it comes to God working in your life, don't put God in a box. Don't put God on a timetable. Don't give up on him because it doesn't make sense. Right now, some of you are facing things that just don't add up. And you're just saying, Pastor Tony, I've looked at this from every angle. I have no idea how it's going to work. Let me tell you, the same God that was with David when he brought down Goliath, the same God that took a rock and put it in his sling and said, I can bring down that giant with a, with a rock, is the same God that gave Logan a chemo pill and said, I could knock out your cancer with this. It's the same God. If we are going to love the God of the Bible, why do we get so upset when things don't work this way? When man says, I can't see a way out, that our response should be like, yes, that's awesome. Why? Because that is a setup for my God to do what he does. He does the unexpected. Now, I told you, I, I just have two points, and the second one is way shorter, okay? Because I know you guys are hungry and got places to be. Your family has stacks of gifts right now for you. They can't wait to get you home and unwrap those things. Massages are coming your way. Food galore. A clean house. And I don't want to get in the way of any of that stuff. Because I know how our men think. They're going to spoil you to death today. I know it. So expect the unexpected. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angels, how shall this be? seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived her son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, and she, who was also called barren. For with God... Nothing shall be impossible. He is the God of the unexpected. He is the God of the impossible. Mary had a valid point. Okay, let's just put it in human thinking. She's not. She's talking to an angel. And she asked this question. And, and I mean, I'm just being honest. She just, she just asked the pastor. She's like, uh, Mr. Angel Guy? I don't know what she said. But <laughs> the lighted one in front of me just... Um, not trying to get technical here, but how can this be? Uh, I've never been with a man. Because the way that it works, see Pastor Chris, after the service, he's going to explain all of this. I'm just not going to get into the details. But all I'm saying is she is saying it doesn't work the way you're saying it works. And I mean, I'm not trying to like put doubt the first question out of her mouth was like, what? Okay, I mean, I'm serious, dude. And, you know, Joseph is sitting over there going, what? You know, it's like, it doesn't work that way. And then God responds right over there and says, <clears throat> but with me, nothing shall be impossible. With me, all things are possible. The angel was explaining in verse 35 that the Spirit of God, the, the, the Spirit of the Most High. See, when God shows up in your situation, all things are possible. When we say it just can't happen, there is no way. There's no resources. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough help. I don't have enough people. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. God says, I am the provider. My ways are higher than ways. 
when your kids seem so far from God and you can't reach them and they won't listen to you when you, do, when you can't afford it, when you that are out there can't get pregnant, when you are searching for a house, when you're sitting there saying, and I'm not trying to do this prosperity gospel thing. That's not what I'm doing right now. I'm just saying that we get on our knees and cry out to a God that is, is the, the ultimate master of everything and it has the power to do things. This isn't a name it and claim it. It's, it's, it's a read it and claim it. That, that's what we're doing. We're just acknowledging what God says. He says, that's who I am. And I'll show you the trick to this, or not the trick, but the principle of this. When you say it is impossible, good news, God steps in and says, that's what I do. I do the impossible. God was explaining to us in this passage that Mary had a very complicated situation. And some of you are saying, man, my situation, if you just knew, if you just knew, if you just knew. And God was like, I do complicated. I do difficult. Just read the children of Israel going through the Old Testament. His ways, his power, everything is greater. With whatever you're facing, remember this. Face your problems as a mom, your children, your finances, your future, your retirement with this in mind. My God does the unexpected and my God does the impossible. Wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, you say it's right here. My God does the unexpected. My God does the impossible. So let me just bring you, let me just recap a little bit. They come to the the Red Sea. And as they're sitting at the Red Sea and they're like, there's nothing that we can do. And you're saying that it's just over. God comes in and God split that sea in half. You know what God did with his hand? God did the impossible. God did the unexpected. God stopped them with a pillar of fire. God led them through the wilderness. God fed the 5,000 with a boy's lunch. God, God, God intervened in the situation when Lazarus, then they said, there is no way. God did the unexpected. God did the impossible. God gave them money through the fish of a mouth. God stopped them and instructed them through a donkey's mouth. God sat there and led the children of Israel through the wilderness and fed them from manna from the sky and from quail that came out of nowhere. God survived and and, and rescued all the people by building a boat. It's the God that I serve. He's the same God that was with David when he brought down Goliath. He's the same God that was with Elijah when he prayed down fire from heaven. He is the same God when the children of, when God's people were on the, the water and they were saying that we're going to die because of the storm, God comes walking on the storm. He doesn't show up in the boat. He doesn't just reach out. He doesn't cry out. He walks on the water, gets in the boat and says, peace be still. That is the same God that we serve. Stop putting God in a box. Stop saying that God can't do it. Stop giving up. Stop. Doctors come into us and I'm pumped about everything that Logan's happening in his life. And we've asked this question a number of times. And you guys are all asking the same question. It's, if it's killing the cancer, why don't we just wait for it to go away? Just kill it all the way. Just l- let it dissolve. And they said, well, don't expect that. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So you see, no matter what, the only way that that cancer will ever get out of his body is if we get to the point where we'll let go of his arteries, you're going to have to cut it. And the surgeons are standing there saying, we're just, it's just not likely. And he says, here's, guys, I'm sorry to tell you, the pill of just dissolving the cancer all the way, it just doesn't work that way. I want to stand up and high five him and say, thank you for setting up my God and taking it out of your hands and putting it in his hands. Because as long as man had an answer, that means it's not working the way that God works. God does the unexpected God does the impossible. So here's, here's Mary. 
okay? It's like, but, 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 I can. And God's the God of the unexpected. God is the un- God of the impossible. And the, notice what happens. Watch this. And Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me, according to the word. And the angel departed from her. Do you understand what God was doing in there? You say, what is the link between God doing those amazing things in the Bible and Mary experiencing God doing those things? What is the link between you saying, I've heard the stories, I've heard the stories, I've heard the stories. We've got to stop just telling stories. God didn't call us to be storytellers. He's called us to be experiencing the outpouring, the power of God in our lives because he is the same God today. He is the same God. But here's the difference. Mary said, Pete unto me according to thy word. I don't know what the Greek was in that passage right there, but let me give you my interpretation. Bring it on. Let's do this. Said, but Mary, but Mary, but Mary. And in her mind, she's just like, but you know, the thing is, God's going to do the unexpected. And God does the impossible. So I can have courageous faith because I have an amazing God. Can I tell you, I think God's ready to do amazing things in our generation. I believe God is. I, I, I think God really wants to because he's not done. He's not done. When God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you read it in the Bible, I'm not saying I want to fight giants tomorrow. I'm not saying that I want a wall in front of me, but I do have cancer in front of me and you have problems in front of you. I'm just saying, God, put a rock in my sling and let's do this. But here's the thing. Let me warn you about something. If you're praying and asking God to do the impossible, if you're praying and asking God to do difficult things, there's only one way that that can happen. God has to bring you to something that is impossible. Because the only way that you're ever going to experience the impossible is for you to come up to something that is impossible. But that's normally where we throw up our hands We shake our fist at God. It's not working. You can't do it. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm alone. Where are you, God? And God says, whoa, 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 wait. I am the God of the unexpected. I'm the God of the impossible. Be it unto me according to thy word, not like God's done with me. Same God. Same God. Moms, I don't know what you're facing right now, but I know you're facing something. You know why? Because we're in a cursed world that is messed up. It's messed up. My God is greater. 